Peace is not the absence of affliction, but the presence of God unknown. Pretty powerful quote, if you ask me. Today, we're going to talk about peace because you may be searching for peace, but might be planting the wrong seeds. I coach and counsel about 100 plus hours a month. I don't know. I haven't really done the math in a long time, but I do a lot of hours a month. And since I work extensively with clients, both secular and Christian, around mental health, I began to notice a real theme. People are on the search for peace, but it's godly peace that they're looking for. Not the peace the world paints, because honestly, that's not peace. They're searching for contentment, solitude, restoration, and satisfaction regarding where they are in life. A lot of people want financial security, but anything that can be taken from you can never keep you secure. They're really looking for God's peace when they say financial security. People are hungry to be free of worry, reduce stress, and eventually eliminate their fear and really live and relish in the present moment. You know what I've learned is most people plant seeds, and that's it. They walk away and permanently abandon the seeds, leaving the seeds to die. Therefore, it's no surprise that nothing grows, right? And people do this with their goals, too. It's unfortunate. They write their goals down, and that's it. They never look at them again. In fact, only 5% of the world reads their goals every single day. Welcome back to The Liz Show. I'm your host, Elizabeth Lewis. By all means, call me Liz. Today, I'm going to talk to you about how to plant, nurture, and care for the seeds we need to plant to allow for a fruitful and bountiful harvest to produce godly peace in our hearts. I want to make it very clear, very, very clear, that I was not someone that had the amount of deep inner peace that I have today. I went through a lot of suffering with God to learn how to have this peace. And so I hope my experience and my wisdom can help help you get there a little bit faster. Before my peace seeds grew, I was someone who focused on the future or the past. I did not live in the present. Worry, my future, my past, and my troubled heart consumed me daily, every second. I mean, it was exhausting. Maybe you're here, there, or you've been there. All things that God clearly states as a sin too, right? It's so easy to fall into this. Sometimes when people see or hear the word sin, by the way, they think they're doing something wrong and that God's going to be mad. And that's not necessarily wrong, like incorrect, right? Like God doesn't want you to sin. I don't think he's going to get mad to the degree that sometimes we think he's going to get mad. But we forget why it's a sin. And I just want to put this in perspective for a second. God's rules protects you and helps you be prosperous and keeps you thriving not to hurt you. All of his things that he considers as a sin is a sin because of the danger that it will cause in your heart, in your soul, in your body. Okay, are you ready to start plowing your land? We are going to do some renovation on your mental garden. We are going to do some landscaping. And are you ready to prepare your mental garden for everlasting peace, for a harvest of everlasting peace, we should say? I want to share some of the steps you're going to have to do if you want this everlasting harvest of peace to grow in your mental garden. First, you must surrender your worries. We've all heard it before. We have to stop allowing your worries to consume you. However, when we articulate it this way, stop worrying, you know what happens? You begin to worry more. Why? Well, because you're focusing on the problem, not the solution, and the brain is going to go towards what you're saying to do. The brain works best by addition, not subtraction, which is why I believe subtraction is more difficult for kids than addition is, but just go with me. 
Now let's talk about the application of surrendering your worries. You have to remember that if you are someone who grew up with a worrying parent, as I did, your brain has learned to worry about issues. Thank God you can unlearn anything you've learned. It's the nurture versus nature theory, right? Therefore, you have to start to reprogram your mind and brain by creating new neural pathways, which takes time and repetition. However, in my opinion, the fastest way to renew the mind and brain is by speaking and meditating on scripture. And we learn this in Romans 12 too. So this is what you have to do. And guess what? God is going to help you do it. That's what's really powerful. You're going to speak the verses I'm about to share, but it's not just speaking these verses out loud that's going to get these seeds of peace to grow. You also have to be intentional with your mental garden. Otherwise, weeds are going to grow stronger. You have to believe what you're saying. You have to have conviction. It has to be real. And sometimes you're going to have to recite this until it becomes real. That's okay. Here's the first verse I want you to intentionally plant into your mental garden. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Instead, cast all your cares onto him because he cares for you. You could say it this way. I refuse to let my heart be troubled. Instead, I cast all of my cares onto my father because he loves me so much. We read this in John 14, 1 and 1 Peter 5, 7. Did you know it's a sin to worry? When you're allowing troubles, concerns, or cares to dominate your thinking, you're hurting yourself. I don't know about you, but A, I don't ever want to intentionally sin. B, I don't want to add any more suffering upon me. And C, I never want to remove or separate myself from my Father in heaven, even though I'm guilty of all three. The Holy Spirit convicted me a long time ago about the dangers of worrying and fear and how they're sins. I think it was back in like 2018. I was going through some weird health problems back then. But believe it or not, we do have the power to live without worry. And you can start to reduce your relationship with worry today if you commit to it. And there can be a day that comes where your worries become more fleeting than to the degree that they are now. Remember, first we believe, then we see. We walk by faith as believers. We do not walk by sight. So I want to share some of the steps. First, it's not just about saying the words, as I've said. You have to also believe it, which means you need to visualize in your imagination, untangling your heart and sending your cares to God. I sometimes imagine myself sending God my cares, worries, and concerns the same way I would utilize the drive through at the bank. I open the box where you would put your money or your check or whatever. And instead of putting that, I place my worries, concerns, and cares into that box. And then I put it back in that little vacuum thing. I give it a little nudge and it gets sucked up to God. Next, I imagine God receiving those cares. So you need to imagine God receiving those cares too. When God gets my cares, I imagine that he tells me, thank you, my child. Now go live, love, and be. I have these. I need you to just trust and rest in me while my perfect timing comes to fruition. Praise me, worship me, and thank me. Then I think about how much God loves me and how many incredible blessings I have in my life. Please remember, it's essential not to take the worries, concerns, or cares back. It's very easy to do this. But when you do that, you're being prideful and you're saying, hey, God, I got it, not you. You have to leave them at the altar. Every time that worry comes back, because it's going to come back quite a bit the very first few times, you need to recite the following verse I'm about to share with you and remind your mind that God has it now. You need to say, I let the peace of God into my heart. I refuse to worry about this, and I'm trusting God with this. This is going to come from Colossians 3.15. 
Just as we are to invite Jesus into our lives, we also need to allow God's promises to come and take root too. You need to believe more in the kingdom of God than the kingdom of fear or the kingdom of devil, right? And a lot of times when you're participating with worry and fear, you're trusting the devil more than you're trusting God. Let that sink in. What got me to maintain peace is by constantly meditating on Colossians 3.15 anytime I was struggling with fear. I also meditated on John 14.1, which is saying, I refuse to let my heart being troubled. And I imagine my heart not being troubled, but being at ease. Meditating in the Christian stance is filling your mind with God's word. It's not emptying it. It's filling your mind with scripture. So again, I say I refuse to worry about anything. And instead, I allow the peace of God into my heart. That could be um, a, a combination of John 14.1 and Colossians 3.15. What's the application of allowing the peace of God into your heart? Well, I want to share. When you are reciting this, you want to also activate your imagination. This is so powerful. Let me share what I do. I imagine my arms crossed or an X is in front of my heart, blocking the worry gremlin from entering. Think of a castle with a deep moat and a drawbridge, right? Have that drawbridge up so nobody can come in. There's no way for the worry to enter. You have to get a real clear picture that there's no way for that worry gremlin to enter. Another visual that might help is imagine a young child clamping his or her lips down, crossing his or her arms and shaking his head with persistence because he or she is refusing to eat that vegetable or take that medicine. Think of a toddler. You have to commit to the fact worrying is not coming in. And that's the key. You've got to commit to not letting worry come in. You've got to commit to peace. You are only welcoming peace. The next thing you do is you imagine God's peace is captivating and engulfing you. It's almost like God's peace zaps any worries that tries to come in as well, right? Like imagine one of those like insect zappers. You're zapping that gremlin. It is dead. Boop, it gets, or zapped, it gets, it gets killed. I can't make a fun zap noise. As you recite the verse, focus on the word peace and breathe in and out. Allow the tension in your body to release and see God's peace coming in, healing you. Really visualize this. Imagine this. God gave us an imagination for a reason. Without a vision, a man perishes. Lastly, I want you to focus on the moment and the moment only. Matthew 6 verses 25 to 34 tells us to take no thought for tomorrow, which means it's a sin to think about tomorrow in that worrying aspect. I'm not sure how you can get much more precise than this, to be honest. You are to stay focused on today and today only. I started intentionally training my focus to do this, and you do have to train your focus. This is something that that you have to put effort into. But I started doing this successfully a few years ago, and it was incredible. The kind of peace and mental freedom that I gained was like flowers on the cake, if you like icing, or a delicious cake without calories. I'm not a big icing fan. So what's the application of taking no thought for tomorrow? Well, it's easy to say, I'm not going to think about tomorrow or yesterday, but focus on today, right? And it's really hard to implement that. The application can be so much more difficult. This is where we must practice thought control and self-direct changes in your thinking, which is called self-directed neuroplasticity. When thoughts about the future come, you got to reel it in. Like literally, imagine yourself fishing. But instead of throwing the line into the water, you're throwing it into the future. You're catching that thought that's trying to get you to see over the 24-hour time clock that we live in. And when you're fishing into the future, you just pull it back, right? You reel yourself back in. The next thing I want you to do is say, whoops, I was thinking about the future intensely again, Father. This is called a popcorn prayer. Father, please forgive me. I am not even promised tomorrow. I wonder what beauty I am missing right now. Help me redirect my focus to the right now. 
The third thing you want to do is focus on nature. Focus on something that's going to get your immediate attention back to the present moment. Really leverage your senses. When I lived in South Africa back in 2014, I learned that focusing on the subtleties of nature really helped me reconnect to the present moment. I like to pay attention to the wind that is going through the grass or maybe the noise that a bee is making as it's flying by me. You have to really focus on something that is detailed. Um, I remember very clearly in South Africa, I was on, on our vehicle and I noticed this beautiful dandelion. And it was just so beautiful the way it was glistening in the sun and just kind of dancing with the wind. And that's really what solidified me, for me in my mind's eye, that I need to focus on nature when I'm struggling with stuff. You've got to figure out what your thing is. For some reason, dandelions did it for me that day. Maybe it's um, noticing the temperature of your skin or the taste in your mouth or what you smell. You've got to practice. You've got to, you've got to experiment with a few things for you to figure out what's going to be for you to help you slow down and observe whatever that thing is because it's, it's going to be life-changing when it clicks for you. God tells us that the birds don't worry. And he tells us that we're more valuable than the birds. So you've really got to start to trust God when he says, I got you. And figure out what it's going to be for you to help that that promise come alive so that you can really get your focus more into the present moment to detach from that worry. I hope that makes sense. The one thing I encourage you to keep your awareness on in your mind's eye or your imagination strong is what are the imaginations in your mind's eye? Paul talks about this a lot, that you've got to cast down imaginations that go against God's promises and God's glory. So when you're worrying, really pay attention to the images in your mind's eye. We don't think in words, we think in images and we think in associations. So pay attention to what was that association. Pay attention to them to the images you're seeing in your mind's eye and cast them down, almost like tearing wallpaper down when it contradicts the word of God. God says that he is a great future for you. So if you're catastrophizing a negative future, well, you're going against the word of God. You have to continue to recite and imagine the verses I've shared with you working and growing in your heart. And I'm going to encourage you to find your own verses because you've got to find verses that are real to you. These are real to me. They might not be real to you and that's okay. There's lots of verses. Then make the commitment to recite them every single day out loud until your unconscious mind starts to recite them in in moments of fear or worry. When this happens, it's going to be an amazing breakthrough. When your seeds of peace start to grow, I promise you it's going to be so much easier to walk in faith and trust the Godhead, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. I hope you got some takeaways from today. Really reflect on what you learned about yourself because we learn best through reflection, discussion, and movement. I ask that you share this episode to one person who needs it, and please write a review on Apple Podcasts or whichever platform you are listening to because it helps my show get more listeners. It helps it just um, get more attention, I guess we could say, and that allows me to spread the word of God a little bit more, and I can't do it without your help, so I, I do ask for a review. Be honest. You won't hurt my feelings. Let's pray. Father God, thank you so much for this day. Thank you so much for pulling out the weeds that are choking out the the seeds of peace. As we plant these seeds of peace into our hearts, we just ask that you grow them, you nourish them, and you teach us how to be good gardeners and stewards of them. Help us to trust more in your word and less into the world's word. In Jesus' name, amen.